Kraft presents the great Gildersleeve. <laughs> the Kraft Cheese Company will also bring you the Kraft Music Hall every Thursday night. Present each week at this time Harold Perry as the great Gildersleeve, written by John Wheaton and Sam Moore. We'll hear from the great Gildersleeve in just a moment. When it's baking time in the kitchen and those tempting smells of crusty brown bread and rolls start filtering through the house, just think how swell they'll taste, fresh and piping hot with delicious parquet margarine spread on them for the crowning touch of flavor. Yes, parquet margarine has this delicate, satisfying flavor, a flavor that makes all your baking treats downright delicious eating. Parquet is a favorite spread for bread, hot toast, and rolls, for pancakes and waffles, too, in millions of American homes. It's a fine energy food as well, one of the very best you can serve a hard-working, hungry family. And there's one other important reason why so many mothers serve parquet often. Every pound of parquet margarine, winter and summer and all through the year, contains 9,000 units of important vitamin A. So for delicious flavor and nourishing goodness, serve parquet often in your home. Tomorrow, ask your dealer for parquet. That's P-A-R-K-A-Y. Parquet margarine made by Kraft. Now let's join the great Gildersleeve. Last week, you remember, we found him remodeling his existence pretty drastically, hoping to make up for years of a wasted life by having breakfast every morning at 6.30. Now, let's see how he's bearing up under his 1944 regime as Monday morning rolls around. Oh, see, it's dark. Cold. I'll shut that darn thing off. Uh, just snooze a few minutes longer. <laughs> and so the great man rolls over as who is not and catches another 40 winks. Half an hour later, he's still sound asleep. Hey, Young, get up. Breakfast is ready. Go away. Leave me alone. Come on, you've been making everybody get up at 6.30. You gotta play fair. Leave me alone, Leroy. Uncle Lloyd, I thought you were up long ago. What's the matter? Nothing's the matter. What's all the excitement? Well, breakfast's been ready for 15 minutes. Why aren't you up? Well, I, uh, the alarm clock didn't go off. Well, it's almost a quarter of seven. You're not sick, are you? Sick? Uh, I might be. I don't feel exactly... Uh, I don't know. Oh, I hope you're not getting the flu. Any pain in your chest? <coughs> sort of. Uh, you kind of ache all over? Oh, I guess so. Oh, dear. I better call Dr. Pettibone. Oh, no. No, doctor. I, I'll be all right. Oh, yes. With all the flu there is in town, I'm not taking any chances. Huh? Leroy, get the thermometer, will you, while I call Dr. Pettibone? Sure. I haven't any fever. Now, never mind. Keep it in your mouth for three minutes and don't look at it. Big secret, eh? Here it is, Unc. I won't do it. Now, be brave. Shake shake it down, Leroy. It only says 98 now. Shake it down anyway. Maybe I'm subnormal. Could be. <laughs> shake it down and bring me my watch off the dresser. Oh, I can tell a minute by counting to 60. Bring the watch, Leroy. Okay. Okay, you don't have to get too excited. Mr. Gillsleeve, what's this out here? Oh, don't worry about me, Bertie. Probably nothing at all. Oh, my sister had the flu, and it's terrible. You better not take any chances. 
Does it hurt when you breathe? <sighs> yes. It sort of hurts a little. Oh, my goodness. I don't suppose you want any breakfast then, will you? Huh? Well, whatever's the best for me, Bertie. What's the saying, though? Feed a cold and starve a fever? I suppose flu is like a cold. Maybe you've got a fever. You haven't taken your temperature Leroy, yet. go get your breakfast. Okay, okay. Gosh, you try to help. Yes, I think I better have a little, well, a pretty substantial breakfast, Bertie. Try to head this thing off. Yes, sir. Mm, just plain things, of course. Nothing rich or fancy. Oh, no, sir. A little dry toast and tea, maybe? Uh, well, I think a half a grapefruit, perhaps. Some oatmeal with a little cream and sugar. Eggs turned over with a few slices of bacon. Uh, crisp. Uh, some toast, possibly marmalade, and uh, plenty of hot coffee. Uh, you think you can handle all that? Yeah, I'll try, Bertie, but I don't think I'd better get up. Oh, no, sir. I'll bring it to you right here. Yeah, thank you, Bertie. Uncle Moore, Dr. Petty will be here about nine. Now, you just stay here and rest while we have breakfast. All right, my dear. Confounded nuisance getting Dr. Pettibone over. Still... You can't be any too careful. <laughs> well, Rock Mountain, do you feel strong enough to see a visitor? Oh, hello, Leela. Well, oh, come in and sit down. Well, I don't think I'd better come very close. I'm scared to death of the flu. Oh, well, I don't know. It's the flu. That's just Marjorie's idea. I must say, you don't look a bit sick. Oh, Oh, uh, you can't tell, Leela. Mm. These things sneak up on you. Marjorie's called the doctor. Oh, what doctor did she call? Uh, Pettibone, naturally. He's always been my doctor. Well, there are other doctors in Summerfield. Well, you've always called Pettibone. Yes, but he's not really very satisfactory. I believe I'll try Dr. Hargrave next time. I hear he's much more scientific. Uh, who told you Hargrave was scientific? Well, lots of people. He told me himself, too. <laughs> Oh? Uh, where did you meet him? At that party New Year's Eve. Didn't you meet him? Uh, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I guess you and Miss Goodwin didn't bother much with meeting people. We met everybody that was there. Well, you couldn't forget Dr. Hargrave. He's very tall, distinguished, slender. Sure. <laughs> I knew right away he must be a surgeon. He has the loveliest hands. Oh. Uh. <laughs> Was he the fellow that took you out in the kitchen? Oh, no. Hmm. Was he the one that was following you around with a plate of ice cream? Oh, that's silly, man. No, that's not the one. Oh, I know. He was the fellow you were waltzing with. Throckmorton, I'm simply amazed at how much you noticed me. And all evening, poor Miss Goodwin thought you had eyes only for her. Stop harping on Miss Goodwin. Was it Hargrave you were whirling around with? Oh, he waltzes beautifully. It's because he studied in Vienna, you know. Everybody in Vienna waltzes beautifully, I've heard. Why don't you try Dr. Hargrave, Throckmorton? Because I want a doctor, not a dancer. Oh, oh poo. Dr. Hargrave's ten times the doctor that old Pettibone is. He studied all about the glands and everything. Yeah, just as I thought. One of these fellows with a smooth bedside manner treats women for diseases they haven't got. Throckmorton, I do believe you're jealous. I am not. I'm sick. Oh. Oh, yes, I forgot. You shouldn't be getting me all stirred up like this, Leela. Uncle oh. Moore, 
Here's Dr. Pettibone. Oh? Uh, well, at least I know he'll be honest with me. Oh, hiya, Doc. Hello, Gildersleeve. <clears throat> morning, Mrs. Ransom. Oh, good morning, Dr. Pettibone. I was just telling Throckmorton how relieved I am that he's in your hands. Oh. Yes. Thanks. Well, what's the matter with you, Gildersleeve? Well, he's been complaining of pain in the chest and, and general aches all over. It sounds like flu. Uh-huh. Well, we'll soon see. Unbutton your nightshirt. Well, I guess we'd better go, Marjorie. See you later, Throckmorton. Yes, well, if you're sick, I'm no doctor. Stick out your tongue. Uh, uh, biggest tongue I ever saw on a human. <laughs> I always did say so and always will. Take a deep breath. I didn't get you up here to insult my physique. Come on, come on. Hurry up, hurry up. I've got really sick people to take care of. Boy, George, I... Take a breath. What'd you have for breakfast? Just a light breakfast. Hardly anything. Now, you might as well give me the facts. I'll check with Bertie anyhow when I go downstairs. Now, listen here, Pettibone. There's such a thing as medical ethics, whether you've ever heard of them or not. I don't mind you being old-fashioned and ignorant, but when you go snooping around my house, well, you just watch out, that's all. Now, don't holler at me. It's bad for your blood pressure. There's nothing the matter with my blood pressure. There's nothing the matter with you, period. Get up and put on your clothes and go to work. You haven't examined me. Yes, well, I don't have to. I've seen you before when you didn't feel like going to the office. Are you suggesting I'm faking? I am. That settles it. I'm going to send for a doctor. Well, go ahead. I'm busy. i got plenty to do. No, you don't. You'll stick around and learn something. That's all right with me at my usual rates. Marjorie, call Dr. Hargrave. Wait a minute, Hargrave. What's that thing? This? Just a pharyngeal speculum. What are you going to do with it? Inspect the pharyngeal passages, look for signs of cystosis, chelamoid formations, that sort of thing. You agree it's a wise precaution, Dr. Pettibone? Very sensible, Dr. Hargrave. Will it hurt? No, no. Just like quiet. It won't take a moment. Hmm. <laughs> Slight enlargement of the epiglottic fold, superficial erosion of the stenotic fibers... No evidence of gray bars and testicles. You care to have a look, Doctor? Yes, I might as well. Eh, this is a nice gadget, Doctor. Yes, I've used it for several years, Doctor. Had a case of Urgelfolds disease in 1940. This thing was invaluable. Mm-hmm, I can imagine. Mm-hmm. I concur with your findings, Doctor. Thank you, Doctor. Well, Mr. Gildersleeve, I think we can safely say you're not suffering from either primary or advanced pharyngitis, Mitchell's disease, Urgelfolds disease, or laryngeal mycoma. Are they all fatal? Oh, no. No, you mustn't be nervous in an examination of this kind, you know. Just a careful checkup. <laughs> now, let's see. You uh, complained of breathing difficulty? It's all right now. Yeah, now, Gildersleeve, you ask for an examination and you're going to get it. You're no longer in charge, Pettibone. Mr. Gildersleeve, I'm merely consulting with Dr. Pettibone. Oh, no. Dr. Pettibone is consulting with you. Oh, was that your understanding, Doctor? Whatever you like, Doctor. Well, in any case, I certainly want to examine your lungs. All right, let's get at it. And keep your eyes open, Pettibone. <laughs> I don't think Dr. Pettibone has anything to learn from me. Uh, by the way, Doctor, I've been meaning to ask you, are you any relation to the Pettibone who performed the operation in the famous Danbury Gallstones case in 1914? Yes, that was my own case, Doctor. Not really. 
Well, it's an honor to meet you. Oh, yeah, there was a lot of luck in it. Oh, I don't believe it. It was very similar to the case of Perigord in Paris a year or so later. Oh, yes, I remember Perigord's case. But uh, we mustn't forget the famous case of Sneedon in London. Do either of you gentlemen remember Gildersleeve's case? <laughs> Uh, that uh, that reminds me, I've got an appointment. Uh, you're in good hands, Gildersleeve. Uh, if you'll excuse me, Doctor. Oh, uh, could I have a word with you privately, Doctor? Oh, yes, sir. Now, wait a minute. None of that. I want everything out in the open. Quiet. Remember your blood pressure. Oh, uh, approve a thorough checkup in every department, Doctor? Well, that's up to you, Doctor. I don't see how it could do any harm. Some very contradictory symptoms here. I think I'll take him down to the hospital. Oh, very likely the ride is doing good. What are you two talking about over there? You. Well, stop shaking your head. You make me nervous. <laughs> well, goodbye, Doctor. So long, Gildersleeve. Goodbye. <laughs> oh, fine man. Splendid physician. Never mind, Hargrave. What are you going to do to me now? Well, we're just going to take you down to the hospital, Mr. Gildersleeve. Hospital? What for? Just for observation. How soon do I have to go? Just as soon as I can get an ambulance. Ambulance? Oh, this is going to be one of my bad days. It is already. Gildersleeve will be with us again in just a moment. In leafing through your favorite home magazines, undoubtedly you've noticed all the attention that homemaking authorities have been giving to margarine. Well, in a recent issue, I ran across some sound advice. It said, give the package label the once-over to be sure the margarine you buy is fortified with protective vitamin A. Well, that's important, of course, because vitamin A is an essential of good nutrition. The Kraft Cheese Company, maker of parquet margarine, was early to recognize this important fact. And ever since parquet was first introduced, this delicious quality spread for bread has been fortified with vitamin A. In fact, every single pound of parquet you buy today contains no less than 9,000 units of important vitamin A. On the parquet label, too, you'll read that quality vegetable oil is the principal ingredient of parquet margarine. It's this vegetable oil that makes parquet one of the best energy foods you can serve. So when you buy margarine, be sure it's Parquet, P-A-R-K-A-Y. Parquet margarine, made by Kraft. Well, let's see now how Gildersleeve's making out. When we left him, he was on his way to the Summerfield Hospital for observation. And there we find him now in room 218. The shades are lowered, the light is dim, everything is hushed and antiseptic. Dressed in a hospital nightshirt and laid out on a hospital bed, Gildersleeve lies rigid while Dr. Hargrave holds his wrist and times his pulse with a handsome watch. What is it, Doctor? Well, it doesn't mean anything necessarily. What are you going to do now? What are you writing? Just making a few notes here on your chart. What does it say? Can I see it? Oh, I hardly think you'd understand it. Better just to lie here and relax. How can I relax if I don't know what's going no, on? No, no, no. Just relax, drink plenty of liquids, get a good night's sleep, and in the morning we'll give you a thorough going over. What do you mean? Well, we have certain tests, metabolism and so on. I've left full instructions. Doc, you're not going. Oh, I'll drop by again this evening. You're not going to leave me here alone without a little crab out in the hall. Miss Fosdick? I don't know her name. She came in here and took my clothes. Well, you have to make allowances these days. The floor nurses are badly overworked. Anyway, I've arranged for a special nurse for you. 
Do I need a special nurse? Well, I uh, I thought you might like one. She's no ordinary nurse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, Miss Riley's handled a good many cases for me. Uh, she'll be coming on any minute now, so if you don't mind, I think I'll be running along. That's perfectly all right, Doctor. You I'll go right ahead. I'll you again this evening, and in the meantime, don't worry. Don't worry. Yeah, not a bad fellow. Wonder what he charges. <laughs> Gosh, three visits already. Ambulance, six dollars a day for the room, at least eight dollars for the nurse. <laughs> Miss Riley, eh? Yeah, probably Irish. Blue eyes and black hair. Sure, a little bit of heaven fell from out the sky one day. <laughs> Oh, nurse, I feel terrible. (laughs) I wonder what the doctor wrote on that little chart. Maybe I could just take a peek. Floor's cold. Where are my slippers? Oh, way under the bed. Get back in that bed. Oh! <laughs> what are you doing under there? What are you doing in my room? I didn't ring for any nurse. Get back in that bed. Now listen, I have a special nurse of my own coming, Miss Riley. I'm Riley. Gee. <laughs> no. Now get into that bed before I throw you in, and don't think I couldn't do it. Uh, I won't argue with you there, sister. You see that? All muscle, not a bit of fat. <laughs> which is more than you can say. <laughs> now, you be a good boy and behave yourself, or you're going to hear from me. Hey, yes, ma'am. If you do just as you're told, we'll get along fine. The better you know me, the better you'll like me. Uh-huh. They all do. <laughs> Why, the last patient I had gave me a fitted suitcase. Not that I'm going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, who's dying? Let's have a little daylight in here. Hey! Well, shut your eyes. You'll get used to it. Where'd the flowers come from? Friend of mine. They smell. I'll give them to the little girl down the hall. Uh, Here, put this in your mouth. I've already had my temperature taken. Put it in your mouth. All right. Keep it under your tongue. (laughs) Don't talk. How do you like my charm bracelet? My boyfriend gave me that for Christmas. Ever see one like that? Oh, yeah. Don't talk. (laughs) You know, you don't look like any invalid to me. How long have you been in here? Uh, 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 Keep your mouth shut. Well, I, I see they haven't been starving you anyway. Been putting on a little there lately, haven't you? Uh, <laughs> well, I guess that's long enough. Here. Uh, oh, you haven't got any temperature anyway, or have you? What is it? What does it say? Don't be nosy now. Uh, uh, tell me, have I got a fever? I think you'll pull out of it. What are you writing? Just putting it down on your chart. Let me see it. Oh, no, you don't. Where are you going now? Just down the hall. What for? To make little boys ask questions. (laughs) Oh, by George, I am sick. She's going to call the doctor. If I just knew what was on that chart. Well, one little peek wouldn't do any harm. And don't let me catch you getting out of bed. Oh! Yes? Are you awake, Gildy? Oh, that's you, Judge? Yes, come in. Well, well, so they finally... 
<laughs> now, Seahook. Hooker, I'm not supposed to get excited. I'm sorry, Gilbert. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you look so darn funny. <laughs> There's nothing funny about it. I'm a very sick man. Sorry, old man. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Of course, it's not funny. I just came up to inquire how you were. I wasn't even going to disturb you, but I, I thought I'd just tiptoe in for a minute and... Then when I saw you lying there in that bungalow apron. <laughs> now listen, you. I'm sorry. I'm this is sorry. no bungalow apron. It's a hospital nightshirt, and I didn't design it. Well, how do you get into it? Well, if you must know, it buttons up the back. Oh, surgical gown, probably. Huh? When I had mine out... Uh, it's a what? Surgical gown. They use them on the operating table. Uh. Easier to slip off and slip on again. Uh, judge, close the door. What for? Close it. Just as you say. Now, did you talk to anybody before you came in here? Just the nurse down the hall. What'd she say? Well, she told me where you're to find you and said not to stay too long. Uh, what'd she say about me? Not a thing. Oh, just as I thought. What do you mean? They won't talk to me either. I can't get a straight answer from any of them, Judge. They won't even tell me what's wrong with me. And that Dr. Hargrave... I hear he's a very good man. A hard man to put your finger on. Well, I understand he studied in Vienna. Maybe he did. What do they teach him in Vienna? You don't know, and I don't know. Some pretty strange things have come out of Vienna. Oh, you're just imagining things. <laughs> I'm imagining nothing. Listen, this morning I felt fine. Well, not fine, exactly. A little tired, maybe, and a little run down. So I let him call in Dr. Pettibone. I thought maybe he'd give me a tonic or something and tell me to stay off my feet. It was Leela who talked me into this. This Hargrave fellow seems to have some kind of power over her. <laughs> Only the power that a handsome fellow has over any woman, I'd say. Well, he's not so handsome. I think it's that Vienna stuff. Finger kissing. By George. I wish I had Pettibone back. He told me to get up and go to work. But this bird sends me to the hospital for observation. What's that? Well, he just wants to check your symptoms and see whether they develop. There's more to it than that. He's got me a special nurse. You don't say. I can't tell. Something in the wind. Now, listen, Gilly. At the worst, it'll all be over in a few days. With this modern science, removing an appendix is as easy as taking the nickel out of a purse. Yeah. Who said anything about an appendix? Well, that's one of the things they watch. Did they take a blood test? Well, yes. They took a lot of tests. When the doctor was examining you, did he prod you in the tummy? Well, yes. Appendix. He, he looked down at my throat. He couldn't see my appendix from there. <laughs> Well, it could be tonsils, but appendicitis is more likely. And believe me, Gildy, it's nothing. Why, I had mine out five years ago. Look. I don't want to look. And they do, all they do, they give you a couple of sleeping pills to make you drowsy. Pills? Then they sneak up on you and clap that cone over your face with the ether. <clears throat> Before you know it, bingo. That's what I'm afraid of, that bingo. Well, how's the patient? Ready to go betty-bye? Uh, hello, Miss Riley. This is Judge Hooker. My lawyer. How do you do? Always glad to meet a lawyer. I might need one myself someday. I was just leaving, Miss Riley. Judge, don't go. The judge is right. We're closing up here now. Yeah. I'll just get you a glass of water. Judge. Yes, Gildy? Do me a favor. Get Dr. Pettibone back in the case. But, Gildy, how can I do that? You fired him. I don't exactly... I didn't fire him. I just insulted him. Get him back, Judge. I don't care how you do it. Well, I'll try. Tell him to be here the first thing in the morning before they can do anything. I want him to keep an eye on this Hargrave fellow. Here we are. Take the glass. Uh, what for? I'm not thirsty. Well, goodbye, Gildy. Oh, I almost forgot what I came up here for. Here, I wanted to get your legal signature on this. What is it? Just a power of attorney. Gives me the legal right to act for you. You know, and... In case anything happens, it's always best. <laughs> Hooker, I wish you wouldn't come around with things like that at a time like this. 
Give me your pen. Look out, you're spilling the water. You take it. Sign right there now. Uh, Ralph Martin, P. Gildersleeve. That's pretty shaky, but I guess it'll do. Well, goodbye, Gildy. Sweet dreams. Judge, don't forget. Forget what? You know. Oh, yes, Pettibone. Yeah, I'll do what I can. Bye. Now, sonny boy, you're going to have a nice long sleep. I doubt if I sleep a week. Oh, yes, you will. Here, take these. What are they? Just pills. What kind of pills? Sleeping pills. George Hooker, George! Right away, Bertie. Come on, come on, pull yourself together. Uh, huh? You've got company waiting. Company? Here, comb your hair. You look terrible. Thanks. Um, what time is it? Ten thirty. I must have slept. I'll say you slept fourteen hours. Well, I was overdue. <laughs> that look better? I guess you won't scare anybody. All right, you can come in now. Oh, oh, Uncle Mort. Marjorie. How are you? How do you feel? Did you have a good night? Hi, Uncle. Oh, and little Leroy. Leroy, why aren't you in school? He insisted on coming. I was worried about you, Uncle. I had to know how you were. Well, that's very touching, my boy. <laughs> if true. Bertie, it's all right. You can come in. Bertie, too? What is this? Oh, Mr. Gillsley, to see you lying there like that. I've been praying for you every minute. If anything was to happen to you, I just don't know what I'd do. Now, careful, Bertie. Remember what the doctor said. What did the doctor say? Nothing, Uncle Mort. Listen, what's this all about? What's everybody gathering here for? Who sent for you? Nobody. I don't believe it. I know. It's the crisis. <laughs> you don't have to fool me. I can take it. Where's the doctor? Doctor! Now, now, calm down, Uncle Mort. Dr. Hargrave is right across the hall. He'll be in in a minute. I know. They're coming for me with that thing. What thing? They sneak up and clap it over your face. <laughs> Leroy, I've always been a good uncle to you, haven't I? Sure, you've been okay. You've been swell. You wouldn't keep anything from me now, would you? Not me. What did the doctor say, Leroy? What did he say? I didn't say a thing. You too. Bertie, have I ever spoken a harsh word to you? Have I ever complained about anything you did? Oh, no, Mr. Gillsleeve, you ain't. You're the best man I ever worked for, and that's a fact. Bertie, be quiet. Now, here comes the doctor. Stand over here, Leroy. I don't want anybody to get behind me. Well, well, how are we feeling this morning? I... I feel fine, doctor. Splendid, splendid. I wonder if I could ask you people to step outside for a few minutes. Oh, certainly. Is that necessary? Well, it's customary. Come on, Leroy. Come on, Bertie. Aren't you even going to say goodbye? Oh, you'll be seeing them again. Miss Riley, if you'll close that door, please. Yes, Doctor. What for? Now, wait a minute. Before you start doing anything, Dr. Pettibone was supposed to be coming down here. I yes, said for yes, it. I've already had the benefit of the doctor's excellent advice. You mean he's been here? We just conferred across the hall. Uh, roll up your sleeve. Please. Why? Excellent diagnostician, Dr. Pettibone. Now, Miss Riley, thank you. What's that? What are you rubbing on my arm? Just a little alcohol. Dr. Pentipole and I went over the records and results of the tests, and we found ourselves in complete agreement on every point. <sighs> I'm happy to say that we can give you a clean bill of health, except for one thing. What's that? 
We failed to find any sign that you have ever been vaccinated. The needle, please, Miss Riley. Oh, no, you don't. Lie still. I'm on to that trick. Miss Riley. I've got him, Doctor. Oh. <laughs> Let me up. Let me up. Lie, Lie still, you big baby. You want me to sit oh, on you? Doctor. <laughs> doctor. Oh. <laughs> All right. Let him go, Miss Riley. <laughs> really, old man, you ought to get hold of yourself. You want your nephew to hear you carrying on like that? I'm ashamed. I guess I lost my head there for a minute. Well, it's not uncommon. All right. Go ahead, Doc. I can take it. Why, it's all done. All done? You mean... It's all over. You're vaccinated. I'm... <laughs> Marjorie! Leroy! Look, I'm vaccinated. <laughs> I guess I'll be paying doctor bills for months, but I was lucky I didn't have the flu. The flu's been pretty bad here in Summerfield. Mr. Peavy's been down with it for a couple of weeks, I'm sorry to say. Of course, he's been with us in spirit all the while. <laughs> but I know you'll all be glad to hear that he'll be back in business at the old drugstore next week. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Music heard on this program was directed by Claude Sweet. And this is Ken Carpenter speaking for the Kraft Cheese Company, inviting you to listen again next week for the further adventures of the Great Gildersleeve. This is the National Broadcasting Company.